0: This is the podcast on the basics of the I-140 ability to pay. Introduction. One of the essential parts of every I-140 petition that is filed with the USCIS is the requirement that the sponsoring employer, which is also called the petitioner or the employer, has the ability to pay the Department of Labor mandated prevailing wage, which is sometimes referred to as the proffered wage, right from the date that the priority date is established until the approval of the actual green card. Meeting of this requirement can sometimes be the most difficult part of an I-140 petition, especially as most businesses are not completely prepared or able to meet this ATP, ability to pay test, So, what is the ability to pay requirement of an I-140 petition, you may wonder. As just explained, each employer or company that files an I-140 petition on behalf of a foreign national must establish that it can pay the offered wage from the date of filing the labor certification until the I-485 or immigrant visa issuance, which means the green card approval. For example... If a labor certification is filed in January of 2010 and the labor certification is finally approved, let's say approximately two years later because of a DOL audit or whatever, and then the company at that point files the I-140 petition in January 2012, the employer is required to show that it had the financial ability to pay the base salary and possible benefit charges for that individual right from January 2010 through at least January 2012 when the I-140 petition is filed. So what are the documents to show or meet the ATP, the ability to pay test? The USCIS has to be provided all of the proper financial documents that prove the employer's ability to pay the salary as listed on the labor certification form. If the I-140 petition is filed two years later in January 2012, and let's say the example is that the Department of Labor prevailing wage is 90000 then the employer has to show USCIS that it could have paid the entire 90000 from January 2010 from the time that the labor certification was originally filed with the Department of Labor because most people begin to realize that green card is based on the future job offer concept and they're like, yes, I will be able to pay this three or four or five years later, and that very well is what the employer may attest, but at the end of the day, it is the ability to pay from the date of filing the labor certification, i.e. when the priority date is established. Even though the ability, the evidence that is given to show the ability to pay will only go through the filing date of the I-140 petition. The USCIS is allowed to request more evidence after filing the I-140 petition right through until the approval of the 485 or the immigrant visa issuance to request the employer's ability to pay the proffered wage as listed on the labor certification forms. So, for example, the USCIS might issue an RFE asking for federal tax returns that were not provided or filed when the I-140 initially was filed with the USCIS. Or, in fact, the USCIS may request for more recent pay stubs from the beneficiary or the employee if the person is already working for the I-140 employer to establish that the employer has been paying the proffered wage and is capable of being able to afford to pay the proffered wage. Even when the I-140 petition is approved, USCIS has the authority to go back and revoke the I-140 approval if they believe that the company did not or no longer has the ability to continue to pay the proffered wage. So if the I-140 in the example presented was filed in January 2012 and it finally gets approved, say, by the middle or end of 2012, but USCIS issues a notice of intent to revoke before the final uh, approval, then the company has to show its ability to pay the proffered wage from the original date of January 2012 all the way into until the notice of intent to revoke has been issued by USCIS. So the next question you may wonder is, how does a company show or meet the ability to pay the test with respect to, to the I-140 petitions? The easiest and quickest way to show this is by providing the Uh, sponsored worker salary stubs or pay stubs that the employee is already being paid the required salary when filing the I-140 petition. While this is not mandatory since the green card is based on the concept of a future job offer concept, as I just explained, it can also be provided by showing, uh, for example, tax returns of the employer. So you can either show the pay stubs, the year-end W-2s, or the tax federal tax returns of the employer. And if those are not available, then audited financial statements and annual reports submitted or filed with the Securities and Exchange Commission, or the SEC. Of these three financial documents, the USCIS goes back to look in different places for the money to decide whether the employer has, in fact, met its test of ability to pay the salary. So on the federal tax returns, for example, the USCIS will look at the net income or taxable income. And once that column is satisfactory, they can then say, OK, the test has been met. Next, if they're not satisfied and that does not show sufficient ability to pay from the net income or taxable income, the USCIS will look at the company's current assets over its current liabilities also referred to as the net current assets, to look for funds to satisfy the ability to pay test. And finally, the USCIS, um, although people may think they could be using a combination of both the net income and the net current assets, they will just use the larger amount. So USCIS will not use it, even though you might want to make the argument that they should use the combination. Another common question that's often posed is, does the petitioner or employer of the I-140 have to pay the sponsored beneficiary the 90000 salary right from the day of filing the labor certification that is from January 2010 in this example? The answer is that the law requires that the I-140 sponsoring employer show that it could have paid that 90,000 salary from the LC filing date. The law does not require that the I-140 employer has to pay that 90,000 salary from the LC fi- filing date, though certainly if the employer has been paying that amount from right from the very beginning, it clearly will meet the ATP test to be able to show the financial ability of the employer to pay the prevailing wage to the employee so that the I-140 petition can be approved. If we can try to conclude, it is important for you as the employer or the employee to plan well ahead as best as possible in order to be able to meet the employer's ability to pay requirement on an I-140 petition. Most good law firms and lawyers will request all the documents, like the tax returns or the current assets and liabilities of the employer at the start of the labor certification process, even though the Department of Labor or the USCIS may not request it until the I-140 petition is filed. Here at the Murthy Law Firm, we recognize that it is extremely important to do advanced strategic planning and to request all of the documents upfront so that we can save time and trouble and headaches for both the employer and employee in the long run and help to obtain the I-140 petition approval. At the Murthy Law Firm, we have developed the experience and the knowledge in analyzing complex difficult cases because a lot of times we will get cases that have been subject to a notice of intention to revoke or a denial notice or an RFE at the I-140 stage when the person, the employer or the employee, contacts us to try and help out with the documents. We have learned that consulting companies with experienced and knowledgeable attorneys can by itself be very valuable towards maximizing the success and obtaining the I-140 approval, and in the long run, obtaining the approval of the green card case itself so that the employer can benefit by maintaining, keeping, attracting, and retaining its most valued employees in a win-win partnership. Thank you.